Hello, my friends. I hope you have not developed cabin fever and um, fallen in love with your pets because I know week two, um, we've just suddenly grabbed a volleyball. I cut my palm. We've made a bit of a Wilson-type volleyball in here. It feels a bit like Castaway except that um, we're marooned here with my wife and basically connected to everyone in the world through um, a whole lot of digital services. So it's not that bad. But Nigel, <laughs> wow, what a glowing <laughs> endorsement of you, Lana. It's not that bad. Me and Wilson, <laughs> yeah. good mates. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, our environments have changed. The way we look at the world has changed, and it is time to recalibrate because it's not going to go back to the way that we thought. And we need to head back into responsibility as top performers mm-hmm. in any aspect of life, any role you play at the moment, but. Most people would be having a bit of a shock because they're waking up every day and go, oh, good, I'm showered, I'm ready to go, off to work, three steps into the lounge room, sit down on my laptop and I'll see you in eight hours. Now, that <laughs> is going to throw a spanner in the works for a lot of people. How are you guys coping? I'd say I'm going surprisingly well. Yeah, but you've got the best view. We sit opposite each other, but you know. Honestly, it's just like nothing has changed over the last nine years. It is the same beyond a little bit of can't go out as much as I would have and can't see the sort of people I would have but now I am Zooming and house partying and seeing them physically but you and I, we've sat across or next to each other for nine years. Yes. But let's be honest, Lana, literally the only thing that's changed is your last nine years was maybe – a city block wider than your current quarantine. So. I might have a three suburb rule around my life. Um, Nigel, welcome. Obviously, that's you, him, him who you can hear in the background. But um, we need to talk about recalibration because when we launched this podcast, we actually started with a topic that was very similar, which is around responsibility of top performers to keep themselves fit and healthy. And if there was ever an excuse not to keep fit and healthy, we've probably had it in the last couple of weeks. And I'm not talking about the medical side of it. We're talking about you as a person who probably sitting at home right now is finding a way not to do general exercise or find better ways to eat. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that it's difficult to get some types of foods at the moment. So you get a little bit of a leave pass around potentially how you're eating but you certainly don't get a leave pass around exercising and making sure that you're mentally stimulated. And this is a topic we have to talk about, Lana and Nigel, because um, this could be not just for the short term and we don't want people coming out of here as, I guess, slobs. Is that the wrong way to put it or is that a bit harsh? Or possibly for their mental health as well as their physical health. Absolutely. So... What do we do? What do we do? Yeah, let's talk about the habits that we're all doing at the moment because people need to understand that people are still getting on with it Mm -hmm. and this is not an excuse not to get on with it and your responsibility has actually risen since the last chat we had over this podcast which is you now have more of a responsibility to keep mentally and physically fit during this period. Absolutely. And this is regardless of your, I'll call it living situation. Yep. Children, family, friends, however it is, that is irrelevant in this. It's part of how you do it, but it's irrelevant to your personal responsibility to yourself. 
you have to find a way. Absolutely. Now, that's not very helpful for most people obviously because finding a way is um, pretty much what every um, gym teacher and everything has told you since your whole life. What we need to work out is what are some actual tactics that people can do to make sure that they're giving themselves the best opportunity to stay mentally healthy because at the end of the day, if your head's in the right space, you're going to want to exercise more, you're going to want to do different things. So when we talk about physical Ah. fitness, are you laughing then? Sorry. I am laughing. I actually think it goes uh, in reverse. I think the physical lead leads to mental fitness and mental health um, because you can trick your body into the, the rush of endorphins, all those kind of things that you get from exercise um, will then lead your brain into thinking more positively. If you're in a bad mental state and then you're trying to fix that first before exercise, I reckon that's a much harder road to travel. Absolutely. Yeah. Get moving first. You know, there's the the old um, – when we were in back in the day when we were in the gym business and you hear a lot of the old wives' tales around how to keep fit and healthy and the, the stories from the wives' tales, as I said. Now, here's the number one story. There was a guy that was so severely depressed because he was overweight, he was unhappy with his life and he had real trouble um, snapping out of it. So he decided that he wanted to basically die. And it's a horrible thing. So he went out and got insurance and he decided, well, I can't actually take my own life because my family wouldn't be looked after and my, my life insurance wouldn't cover it. So what I'll do, I've sorted out my insurance. I'm going to go down to the Oval and I'm going to sprint as many laps as I can. And hopefully I'll have a heart attack and I'll die. Great. Horrible. Remember, this is a wives' tale, by the way, but it's got a good point, I promise. Just bear with me for a few seconds. <laughs> so the guy goes down to the Oval and he basically sprints and he gets a quarter of the way around and he just drops to his knees and he's out of breath and he throws up and he's sitting there and he's like, I can't even, I'll just come back tomorrow. So he goes home, he walks home, comes back. He gets up the next day and he goes, I'm going back to the Oval, I'm going to finally do it. And he gets there and his legs are sore and he's dehydrated and he goes, he takes off, sprints and he gets halfway around the oval he drops to his knees and he rolls around and he's throwing up again and he's like oh my god this is so hard this is harder than i've ever done i actually can't get my legs moving i'll come back tomorrow and you can see where the story is going and he comes back the next day and he runs and he gets three quarters around and then he comes back the next day he goes full round and he comes back the next day and he's actually forgot that he wasn't coming down for one reason and he runs a couple of laps and what he starts to find is He keeps coming down and he keeps getting more and more and he's feeling better and better until he gets down there one day and he realised he was coming down to do some exercise because he was enjoying it so much. And he realised that through the transformation of trying to push himself that it was just pushing through something he'd never felt before. And it's a little bit like that with all exercise that most people have never felt what it's like to feel good physically because it changes your whole mental state. And that's the thing because exercise is a tricky one. It generally makes you feel sore so you'll stop doing it. But the other side of working out how to not push through, not create injuries but how to manage it and do it regularly, you biomechanically change and your physiology changes but it has this massive endorphin that releases in your brain. So it actually is not work anymore. And most people who go, I hate exercising, it's just because you've never got to a point where you've actually clicked in that endorphin. As soon as you get that, you never want to not exercise again because it's too good. Think of all the great things you do physically in your life. That's what it does. So let's work out the routine. Maybe we'll share ours 
Alana, because I think that people might just be interesting to hear what we do. So we have a routine. That's the first thing, structured exercise. Every morning we get up and do exercise. Lana likes to do in afternoons. I like to do it first thing in the morning. But it's a non-negotiable structured thing. And mine is to work around a really good excuse. So I have a bad back. I've had uh, 13 slip discs, yada, yada, yada. When I wake up in the morning, first thing, my back really, really hurts. And so it's a really good excuse to not work out. So what I do is I wake up and I go and stretch because I know that stretching inevitably helps my back. Yep. And so I do all of the exercises from physios, from Tim across the years to get my back stronger and then I will work out in the afternoon or evening knowing that I have no excuse not to work out. So I'll wake up before Tim to do my stretches and then leave Tim to do his workout. Yeah. And in this environment where you might not have a lot, the great thing is you've probably got, I don't know, 10 million odd videos on YouTube with ideas. I'm not saying follow everyone's exercise routine but a general rule is start slow. Even if it's half an hour where you feel tired, I don't want you to create injuries or, you know, in danger if you haven't been exercised for 20 years but work out the things that work for you. So shorter type intervals, making sure that your form's right, making sure you're doing a lot of body stuff that's protected. Now there's plenty of information out there that you can find. We don't need to say here we're on our websites how to do a squat. That's not our area of expertise but there's enough body weight exercises that you need nothing more than probably a towel and a water bottle. And it's... If that. If that. Absolutely. I'm just more thinking of anyone's rugs or anything like that. But <laughs> actually having a dedicated place to do some form of structured exercise is really important. So for us, we need to rearrange our living room. We had to move away tables. We had to lean them up against or put them in other rooms, whatever it is. But it's easy to exercise. It's not an effort to actually set up to do it. And that's, I think, pretty important is you pretty much don't need much. But it's easy to walk there first thing in the morning. Before you know it, you're already out of it. And at worst, just flick on a YouTube video and follow a class, some form of class. Yeah, well, just on that now, there's a bunch of the people, uh, all the PTs that can no longer go in front of people and quality people are now giving away their content for free. You don't have to think. You can, it, as much as you say, don't follow somebody else's thing, go, well, if I've not started before, no, I'm just going to put on Chris Hemsworth or put on this other person or put on this other person and just go, I'm going to do what you do in the way that I can. I'm going to win from that. I'm going to be better off than if I did nothing. Absolutely. And there's really no excuse for that. And this is probably more the fact around it is if you're sitting there, have you allowed this isolation period to actually again get in front of what you need to do as a leader? And this is really the conversation. If you've found that as soon as you've got to isolation that your whole routine has changed, you've got to ask yourself this question. Why have I allowed this to stop the behaviours that make me successful? And that's a big question because there's no excuse around it. There is absolutely no excuse. In fact, and maybe this is controversial, but I would say it's almost easier to exercise when you know you can't leave. Because <laughs> you know what? You don't even have to get in the car or go to the gym or do all this and you've got extra time in the day because you're not driving into work a lot of people. So, you know, there's a lot of extra time being found here. A very important part of this though is the discussion with your partner, especially if you have children. Absolutely. Is So Tim and I had this discussion of we can't let this not be a reason for us to stop. 
pretty much. Yeah, this isolation. Yeah, we have to keep going. We, we're not going to work out together. So it meant that we had to have a discussion or a non-verbal discussion of when we were both going to work out so that we could keep it separate. I don't recall that being non-verbal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very verbal. That was direct. Yes, it was. Um, but if you, if you have children, uh, talk to your partner about the equality of it is can you do this with them while I do my workout and then I'll do this with them while you do your workout. Something the like other that. version of that is um, something we're doing here because uh, now is a great chance to actually instill within your kids the need to do this. So I'm, I'm, I do my own thing very early in the morning because I want to keep my own routine. But every day now, my daughter and I, who's four, we're doing exercise together as well and then we're doing it as a family. I think that's so, brilliant. I really think that's brilliant. And these are the sort of habits of really top-performing people. You can't let small things throw you off your routines. This is a very small thing, not what's happening out in the world, the actual thing that's happened to you. So everyone's going, coronavirus, it's changed everything. But actually your experience around exercise is, I can't get to the gym, how do I replace what I've been doing to my living room? That's the only problem you need to solve right now. It's not the whole world medical problem. Your problem is, I can't access my gym or I can't go for a walk or a run, whatever it is. Most people are getting so overwhelmed with the mass problem and then just putting a paintbrush through all their routine and going, well, that's just not what I do anymore. And Lana and I spoke about it today. We're eating differently and not the way we usually would in, in a good and a bad way. First of all, definitely an increase in consumption of alcohol. It's almost become a um, habit that we've got into. But it's not a, hey, we're drinking a lot to a point of because we need to cope, that we've actually got a routine right now that we stop and make sure we split when work ends for us. We have an hour of cooking together, having a glass of wine or a beer or something like that and just taking some time out to almost anchor the end of the work day. And putting our mobile devices away yeah. and computers off for that hour. Which has actually been... Brilliant. Delightful. We've been, yeah, delightful is the right word. It's actually nice to have that time because we're not cooking people. So we've, this is a whole different podcast, but we're very much around. <laughs> I sort of presented. Sorry, sorry, I misheard that. I thought you like, actually said we're not cooking people. Like, right. you're not at that point yet. Right. Okay, good. No, <laughs> but it's, um, we'll talk about it one day that I proposed uh, a basically an Excel spreadsheet that showed the time versus cost of cooking versus what we could get done and the acceleration to the business with that usable time. So cooking wasn't something we could justify the time spend on, so we don't cook. Um, we also don't like it. And also we don't enjoy doing it. But really it's the cost-benefit analysis doesn't work for us. Now, because we've had to recalibrate some of our anchoring and the things we need and the downtime, it's become a very good excuse type thing for us to then find a different habit that equally works for us. But it's not throwing us off what are our absolute goals are at the moment. And I think particularly around exercise at the moment, there is not one excuse for people not to be able to exercise in any shape, form or capacity. And um, I had a discussion with my girlfriends because Tim has kindly set a program up for me because of my back and I sent it off to my girlfriends and said, you guys should try this because they're also in isolation and they are similar to me. They enjoy fitness. And one of them said of the three rounds, she could only do one. To which my response was, 
the point is not to do it as hard and as fast as you can while you begin it. The point is to keep going. So one of them is a minute of push-ups. I said, even if you do them slowly, if you drop down from a full push-up to a knee push-up, just make sure you keep going through it because what's going to happen is in 10 days, you get buoyed by the result. Sort of to Nigel's point of the mental following the physical, just getting through the process of getting up for the exercise and moving through the exercise, you find enjoyment in seeing that process grow. And so that's what she did today. She texted me and said, I got through the three of them slowly. Perfect. And that's the point is being able to calibrate what you need right now and not overdoing it in the first few days because most people are going to injure themselves during this time because, you know, they just want to get suddenly super fit or whatever it is. Now, the second thing is also you're probably going to be spending a lot of time sitting around, particularly people in isolation right now. You're in front of laptops. You might not have the screens that you use at work or you might not just be getting up for the incidental movement you have in an office which is um, you know people are starting to talk about a lot which is I don't realise how much I actually move during the day in an office when I'm just up talking to people, whatever you need to do. So clearing a spot that if you're watching TV or doing what you're doing um, after work or at, at rest, perhaps you should be stretching rather than sitting on the couch because you've got this extended period of sitting. It, use, the, use the time to do stretching because you're going to create some injuries somewhere just by the excess of sitting we're doing and you don't probably have good chairs like you would at at an office and things like that. There's so many variables changing but you have to calibrate your environment right now and go, how do I maximise what I need to do to still be a top performer regardless of all the stuff that's happening from our mindset point of view and the uncertainty that's around but how do I keep myself physically in tip-top shape? And there's so many variables that you need to actually stop, think and work out what structure do I need to put in place at least a week in advance. This is now my regime. Um, A simple thing that Tim and I have also done and (laughs) I guess the equivalent to this would be a kid's toy box. We've actually got a cardboard box and we've filled it up with everything that we could possibly need for fitness. Uh, Dumbbells, kettlebells, the stretchy... Yeah, elastics. Elastics, shows how much I know. Um, Yoga mats, everything we've put into this box so that our room stays clear but it's still easy enough for for us to access it. So, again, there's not the excuse at 5.30 in the morning when you get up that you can't find something or it's too hard. We've tried to make it as easy as possible while not impinging on our personal space. Yeah. But even taking a step back from that, I mean, this is where – all the excuses that we all used to have about not doing it, they melt away because literally you're not going anywhere. Um, a lot of people have a lot more time on their hands. Um, if you're someone that's sitting there going, well, I like to run, now I can't run outside, then skip. You know, well, I don't have a skipping rope, jump. If you can't jump, squat. What else are you going to do? And the other side of this is that it doesn't all, if you want to get benefit from it, it doesn't all have to be done at the same time. If you go, I can't do 20 push ups or those kind of things, go, sweet. Every hour on the hour, I'm going to get out of my chair. I'm going to do 10 push ups, six, uh, 10 squats, and 10 sit ups. If you did that every hour on the hour, your brain's going to work. You're going to get the benefit from it anyway. And you're overcoming that challenge. And that's for me where exercise has always been. The physical side is just a secondary benefit. It's what can I put in front of me that I have to overcome first thing in the morning so that that way I've already overcome something. I've already challenged myself. 
So that way you're not actively trying to step back from challenges in the day. That's just the way I kind of look at it. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, my, my framing on it is um, exercise means I care about myself. So I'll know where my mental side is. If I'm not exercising, it means on some level I'm trying to beat myself up in some way. So for me, the, the big anchor is if you're doing that, it means on some level you give a shit about your health. Yeah. And then that's a reality of it. So anytime I'm not doing it, Lana can pull me up and go, what are you doing? I exercise because it makes me a nicer person. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something we've also noticed when people are going through crisis times or because we look for indicators in clients and people in our network and whatnot and that weight gain and whatever that is for anyone, whatever size you are is right as long as you're looking after it as best you can. But it is generally an indicator of something not right in the world in that person's life. Absolutely. Yeah, and let's um, maybe we'll let people into a secret, and and this is the thing that most people know who have exercised their whole life or had some training around exercise in the right way. The first thing is make sure you're doing your technique right because you can really hurt yourself by doing just slight things wrong. Like if you don't know how to do a squat, Google perfect squat technique if you don't know how to do a push-up do it because if you get it wrong you're gonna have a knee injury you're gonna have an ankle injury you're gonna do stuff and there's so many easy ways to just get it right but the secret to all of this and this is the thing that most fitness people or people who are focused on keeping healthy physically is you actually your whole brain changes as part of the process so even if you've lost your job even if you're going through uncertainty the road out is is you in your best possible mental state. And so part of you getting a new job is how do I present myself in a way that my brain's going to be confused about the world and always looking for possibility. Because fitness trains you to be resilient and it trains you to deal with pain. It trains you to turn off voices in your head that tell you to stop. And that's why you keep building a higher resilience. If you're going through a really tough time at the moment, the first thing you should do is get out of bed and do some level of activity. Then start calibrating what you need to do because as soon as you don't do that, you're heading down a path that it does not lead to where you want to go. It just doesn't. And just forcing yourself to get up and do something is going to get you to where you want to go much faster because the brain, as soon as it's got the blood rushing to it, it's got the endorphins and it's got all these things happy or the happiness going there, it will create this mindset of looking for possibility, not looking at feeling what's wrong. Because as soon as you don't, you're sluggish, it changes, the blood changes, everything changes, everything gets sloppier internally and you feel crap and you don't know why. It's because physiologically it's hard not to because a lot of us are eating also not as well as we were. Like having things like complex carbs because, you know, there's not a shortage of food, there's just harder to get and people are storing stuff so... The stuff that keeps isn't necessarily the stuff that's best for a healthy lifestyle. So you must combat that with more exercise than you usually would do. It doesn't need to be smashing yourself. It's just at least 30 minutes of being out of breath five, six days a week. If you did nothing more than that, your brain will start to switch quickly. And so then for anyone who's listening thinking you don't understand... I've lost my job. I'm highly stressful. This is the last thing that I need. And again, I'm not making light of that. It's just everyone has got 
a bad time at the moment. For anyone who's sitting there saying, I just can't or it's not a priority, what's some kindness that you can give them to help to get them to that level of even if it's 10 minutes in the morning? I think I think you need to calibrate in your brain that you have to make a decision that you're going to get through this. Like you actually have to make that decision. It's really tough. Even if you want to beat yourself up, that's okay. Like you want to feel sad, it's okay. You can't suppress emotion. But what you have to know deep down is regardless of what it is, I'm here for the long haul and I'm going to try and find my way out. And I know that I've, if I look down two paths, one path is me being healthier than I am now does that lead to the path of where I want to get to or does it not? So even if you get out of bed, swear, scream, be upset, do something and then go back to bed, fine. But your brain will stop being able to discern and if you can just make one movement, one movement out, one movement to literally announce to the world that I'm not giving up, that it's tough, it's horrible but I'm out of bed and I'm doing what I have to do and then worry about the rest of the day. But at least if you start on something that fills your whole body and mind with just a shot of positivity, just look at it like you're taking a shot of steroids or something. Not that I've ever had steroids but a shot in the arm that's going to make you stronger. How do you get that shot in the arm? And that's what exercise does. That's what the mindset of knowing I got out of bed in the morning, I did something, had a shower and then I went back to bed, fine. If you got up and you went to work, fine. But particularly during these times when it's so different, have something you can be proud of like Nigel said, something you've not overcome. If that's the way you look at it, wonderful. If it's just I can be proud for the whole day because I am choosing to move forward in everything I can and it's just moving forward, moving forward every day, moving forward. If you keep doing that, something's going to give. Nige, what would you say? There, is so, there are so many things in the world at the moment that we can't control, that we're at the mercy of. Um, for me, and this is – fitness and I have had a backwards and forwards relationship for a long time. Uh, I, When I first started to exercise, I was not fit and had not been fit for many, many, many years. So 120 kilo, pack and a half day smoker, all that kind of stuff. And the effect that that had on my mental state um, – all I can say from my end in going through things where I was, I wasn't in control of my emotions. Your body is the hardest thing for you to control. If you can assert some control over that part of it and you can feel, make yourself feel better. And I'm not talking about going hard or going those kind of things, but if you can make one improvement, if you get up, you don't win a marathon at the starting line. You concentrate on that first step. If that's all you can take on that first day, that feeling of accomplishment that I had in doing that and in turning that around, the flow-on effect to every other area of your life is gradual but so impactful that if you don't do it now, you're cheating yourself and buying, this may come across as very strong, but buying into being a victim because this is the one thing that nobody else can take away from you. If you've got the ability to move some part of your body, you've got the ability to improve that part of your body. Everything else might be out of your control, but this isn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think then going forward, 
we don't need to spend too much time. I, I want this podcast for those listening to be a recalibration of my environment's changed. Now let's look at my top performance habits. So let's go back to very much the start of this. Things have changed. Have you changed with it? And that means how do I recalibrate the things I know that work for me that I know also put me in a positive state of mind and give me the best chance to be successful regardless of the situations external to myself. So with such a big and rapid change that we've all had, it'd be well worth just sitting down and calibrating some of the habits that have fallen off quickly. They're going to change obviously. They're, as I said, we, we've got some habits at the moment that are for isolation only and then go back when we're out of it because they won't serve us at that point. But right now, they're working for us perfectly. But it's having that flexibility to calibrate to make sure you can still perform at your very best when there's this level of uncertainty because that's the game we're always in. This happens to just be a different situation, a, a big one but different. But this is what we always have to do whether it's in our business, our careers. When things change, we recalibrate, we look at the environment and we start putting in the behaviours that make us more successful. And so if you're there and you're listening and you haven't actually recalibrated what you need to do, you've used this as a bit of an excuse of, oh, the world's topsy-turvy, I can just do whatever I want. Well, recalibrate tomorrow, get going and um, let's make sure we still put in place our top performance habits. Yeah, and if you do want to have a bit of fun while you're doing it and, and um, get a move around because odds are you're going to be quarantined somewhere that's got a very big screen TV, I highly recommend Googling aerobics Oz style for some 80s aerobics fitness fun. Yeah, well, we'll definitely edit that shorter. So, um, <laughs> guys, thank you for um, your time today and um, keep at it. Speak soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.